This episode is sponsored by JDAQA Software Testing, your scalable solution for manual, automated, security, and performance testing. Check us out at JDAQA.com. And with that, let's get on with the show. This is the first customer hosted by Jay Agnew. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the First Customer Podcast. My name is Jay Agner. Today, I am lucky enough to be joined by Todd Fisher, chairman and founder of Enterprise Solutions. Todd, thanks for joining me today. How are you? Doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. You're not too far away from me over in Yardley. I'm in the Richboro area, which I guess is you know, not too far as the crow flies. Where'd you grow up? And you mentioned earlier you know, the, the Canadian border. We talked about hockey a little up. bit. Yeah, Where'd sure. you grow up? I grew up on in a small town called Clayton, New York. Clayton is in the Thousand Islands region of the St. Lawrence River. And if you're familiar with New York State, the shape of New York State, really, it's at the, it's pretty much at the northernmost part of the state. And, and the Canadian border runs right through the river where the town I lived in you know, is. And, and a lot of people know the Thousand Islands region up there because it's a tourist destination in the summertime for a lot of folks it's very pretty very mm -hmm. nice the river is very nice river and and i grew up there and left to go to college really haven't been well i go back to visit right and live there again okay now do you think there was any impact there from you being an entrepreneur later in life anything up there from when i lived up there yeah when you're where, where i was you young up? You know, it's always hard to say. I'm, I'm kind of old. It's hard to remember back, <laughs> but I will say, I will say that, I will say that from an early age, I just learned my own way. From, I was 11 or 12, my first year. And so that's, yes, a work ethic is sort of important for, for somebody to be, to be an entrepreneur and fail and succeed and fail and fail, learn and succeed. In that sense, I guess certainly got a good start there. I think the the real start was when I active duty in the military and got assigned things that I really had no idea how to do and realized that I could learn how to do them and did well. And when I separated, that was I kind of got the bug. Very cool. So, what was the first business you tried to start? The one running now. Enterprise Solutions. I started that in 1997. We formally incorporated, I believe, on October 3rd, 1997. Twelve months before that, I was working on a prototype that was an idea that I had. You know, this is back at the beginning, of course, of the first web, first internet bubble, and and started the business as a web enabling business, web enabled business solutions, so business of all uh, business, and and I had formerly worked for after I the military, a health information technology company in the very, very early days of electronic medical records, the days when the electronic, the digital medical record was literally a scanned image of the paper. And I saw an opportunity to reduce the total cost of ownership of deploying those types of systems by using browser platform, independent browser-based technology, which was pretty, was new then and newish and, and. I think when I started, there were 70 million people on the internet and no, well, nothing need to be said. <laughs> yeah. And so that, that's how it started. I saw the opportunity. I knew that there was a problem, a challenge in maintaining those systems that are very costly to maintain. 
because the systems that I was with them talking about in the health information, in the health information technology space were um, built to serve provi healthcare providers in hospital settings. It's a very logistically complex environment to begin with and a very mission critical, time sensitive. Things can't break, things can't go. And, and so I opportunity and taught myself how to write some software and connected with a few people to do some of the harder software development because I'd never written anything before and figured out a prototype, show, showed it to um, folks in the industry. And that's how it started. How did you get connected into the, you know, the medical records space? One of the first jobs that I, essentially the first, second technically, was the first job that I got out of after I finished active duty serving in the military was for a, for a health information technology startup who, you know, subsequently had ultimately went public and changed their name, but it was a project manager and an implementation person for them. That's where I learned about medical records, the medical record process as it relates to how things flow or flowed back then, at least it's actually still sort of similar. And that's how I got connected and because they were a startup. They were, well, yeah, they were a startup. I was the 15th employee twice because <laughs> I said, oh, this is, this is getting to me. And they said, I actually like that. And, and the people were wonderful. Awesome. Of them work for me. And, and so because it was a small company, I, I was exposed to the star culture. I involved in a lot of things from sales and business development, to implementation, execution, and all that good stuff. Who was your first customer for that business? Do you remember? Yes. The, co the company that had hired me twice as the 15th employee, when they had um, contracted me to build a production version of the proof of concept that I developed, which was the web-enabled electronic medical record. I can't guarantee that it was the first one in the country. It was one of the first ones in the country to, it was a very early player as it relates to using the browser as the primary, primary front end for um, mm -hmm. end users and, and having the electronic records scan and centralized and distributed out to, uh, to desktops and things like that. And, and so that business land vision was the, with the business they're out of Cincinnati. They're since, since gone public and I'll call it streamline help and it, they gave me a contract to build this and at the time. It's funny what we learned. How <laughs> contract have given me the confidence to just say, okay, I'm going to leave what I'm doing. Go do this all the time. Well, but I'm glad I did. It's worked out well. So you co-founded a couple other things later. We were talking a little bit about that mobile MD, I think, enterprise health. Talk me through kind of where those got spun up from, how you spun them out to other businesses, like how did that process work? Sure, sure. Enterprise solutions, because we are comprised of software developers, engineers, and industry subject matter experts, we focus, historically, we have focused since the start. I mean, our, our, our early, when we started in health information technology, but early clients also included players in the mortgage industry, financial services. So we have historically been in those two industries. 
equally, I would say, over the course of time. And during that time, our business kind of served as a, a place to incubate new concepts, new ideas, new solutions, just by the nature of the way we did things and because of you know the reasons that people would, people meaning business, other businesses would engage us to help in early days leverage the inner to their benefit to be considered a, a first iteration of digital transformation. And, and so we were exposed to a lot of different problem solution, opportunity, benefit type combinations and environment solving problems for other companies also gave us opportunities to incubate new ideas and see where things could be better. And, and with respect to mobile MD, you know, we saw an opportunity to build a, a private cloud-based really early before you know, public cloud services really were a big thing. We, I bought a data center and, uh, and we operated the system of health information exchange for that data center. And, and it was successful. We bootstrapped that for a number of years and in quite a few health systems. And from there, we took in some private equity and did well. And two years after we did that, we sold the business and exited. And the entire time that we were running mobile MD, Enterprise Solutions was still continuing to do work, largely in the financial services sector, again, continuing to kind of create solution of kind of continuing to create solutions for our customers using the latest, greatest advanced techniques and technologies to solve problems that were and are and continue to be quite challenging. And so, like I said, it really provided for a good proving ground for a lot of different types of solutions. And that's, we, it served as a great place to incubate new business ideas and businesses. Love it. What's kind of, give me one of your biggest failures and what you learned from it. Great question. And I will say, I will say you fail more than you, you succeed. It sounds like I'm dodging the question because I'm not saying what it was yet, but I'll get there. I think I have to think about it. It's, it's been a long career. Sure. The other thing I will say is that luck plays a lot bigger role than people realize. That anybody tells you, you know, it was all and no luck involved and any successes, they, they, they haven't taken a step back and gotten perspective. No disrespect to anybody, but no, luck I'm, involved a firm, I'm a firm subscriber to that theory. Uh, yeah, luck absolutely. Is, luck and timing are now, you know, the old chance favors the prepared quote, I think is very true too because sure. you have to be ready for the favorite that, quote that, and that we have to be ready for that opportunity and the luck to happen but yeah people who don't give luck its fair share i think are not really not being honest with themselves uh, the chance favors prepared my louis pasteur i love it i love yeah. that quote favorites and and so you know the biggest family i've had a number of times i think we we started down a path was pretty far out there and didn't stick with it and spent a lot of money ideas and invested in, in in ideas that ultimately proven to be you know good ideas we were really early in trying to figure out how to do you know leverage what we come to know as big data to to build models that um, perform behavioral generation behavioral analytics 
it's pretty sophisticated. It's based on, you know, linguistics and things like that to figure out you know, what type of person we're dealing with and what their tendencies are. I'm a big fan of the behavioral science. I study a lot the behavioral sciences and things like that. And, and, and so we, like I said, we were a good, we're a great business to incubate new ideas. Some of those ideas, we kind of got ahead of the, ahead of our skis a little bit and, and had to pull back every group and, and money, effort, energy, people, and definitely a difficult process to go through, especially when you're passionate about the idea. Right. Yes. I definitely feel you on that. If you had to, or had the opportunity to kind of travel back in time and whisper into Todd's ear before he started the business 26, I think 26 years ago, what would you tell him? What would be some of your advice, you know, things that you've learned along the way? One, <laughs> luck plays a really important role <laughs> in everything you're about to do. And honestly, this is sound counterintuitive given what I just said, but go big. You know, and particularly as, as we've advanced, these sophisticated technologies become democratized and more, meaning more accessible at a cost and a price point that allows a lot more competition in the marketplace to do big things. Uh, you know, I think, I think we are, I didn't think big enough. So I would have made that suggestion is, you know, if, if you can imagine and you, and it's out there and you can, and you think you can do it, you know, it's. You know, why, what if, what next are the questions that you should ask yourself? I didn't ask myself that for a long time. We've been successful, but I think we've also missed. How have you guys, how was your approach to getting clients? How did that change over the duration of your business? I mean, you've been doing it for a long time. You obviously have a great team under you now, and there's a, probably a bunch of different mechanisms for acquiring, retaining talent and getting clients and all that sort of stuff. How has that changed? How did you used to do it and how do you do it today? Well, when we started, we did it by, as I hired folks into the business, hired people, at least of which my brother, I hired a lot of folks who were military because I was familiar with that, understood their mindset, or at least, uh, you know, understood what they learned and, and. That served me very well. And we, we traded on our reputation and networking before digital engagement and social networking was a means of actually creating awareness of an organization getting out there like we are talking today. It wasn't the case back then, but that, that kind of approach ended up serving us well. And, and just making darn sure that we did a very good job at what we delivered. And uh, we're, we're proud of our history. We've done some pretty cool things that have since, you know, kind of been transformative in some industries in particular, like in healthcare with coding and abstracting medical records so that people, so the physicians could get paid. We created a based solution there for a company. And it was one of the first and the first, and it allowed them to recruit remote coders when they were in church supply. And so things like that got us into a network of individuals. And then we went, we would attend trade shows and things like that, where the network of people all showed up in the same place, same time we were able to talk to them. 
I served as well. When we spun off mobile MD with private equity and we had, because we've been bootstrapped pretty much, enterprise has been bootstrapped its entire, all 26 years. But, but when we took in some private equity and mobile MD, we, of course, added a little more, I guess, which we characterize as traditional or, you know, outside sales, team and the like. And that certainly was very beneficial and helpful. And, and it was a good way to leverage the capital that we took in. The technology was largely, we had advanced it, but it was largely and to grow. So, so we've kind of run the gamut there. And, and today we do, we are outreaches, social media, digital engagement with, with, with our target audiences. We do a lot of research, market research, use, using the tools that are available to you know, marketing agencies and things like that, organizations, that's what they do. And, and then engage, you know, audiences very specifically. It's related right. to the solutions right. that they need. You know, I'll give you an example. We, we a big example. We, we know that in the financial services space, in the mortgage, back securities, mortgage back security space, you know, the idea of being able to value a portfolio of assets and simulate what would happen if interest rates go up, if they go down. Different things happen in the economy, you know, running simulations using different kinds of statistical models. That's a really important thing. It's gotten a lot of news lately, given the relatively recent bank failures and understanding exposure. So that's what I mean when I say, so they're very targeted mm -hmm. messages that we communicate saying, we understand this domain. You know, a lot of people can write software. A lot of people can write software and know what you mean when you say, you know, you know, mortgage-backed security, <laughs> what, what that even means. Right. Have you guys leveraged the offshore talent for what you guys do? So you're all U.S.-based. We're U.S.-based, and people make choices. People make whatever choices they want. Experience with organizations that have leveraged, and this does not mean it's applicable to everybody by any stretch of imagination. My experience with organizations that have done is this historically was enough overhead to manage that that ended up resulting in the same roughly the same cost and mm -hmm. you know and today more so ever in my opinion that the real value is in the combination of understanding how fast and what the technology is and, and where it's going and then the niche domain expertise is critically important. I, I, technologists have to be able to speak the domain that they're serving today, in my humble opinion, mm -hmm. but be dealing in very niche area of financial services and in very specific areas in, in healthcare. And so maybe it's less in other parts of the economy, but I find that's very important. Interesting. Okay. Well, this was great, man. A lot of great stuff. I, I love the story. Uh, I love that you're a local guy and, you know, you're kind of just the the American dream entrepreneur. And thank you for your service, by the way. I should have said that earlier. But, but I, I, if people want to reach out to you, Todd, if they want to find Enterprise Solutions or anything else you're involved in, how do they do that? Say again? If anybody wants hear. to reach out to you or to find more about Enterprise Solutions, how would they do that? Where do they go to find you? They, they can find us at enterprise.com w.enterprise i-n-t-r-a-p-r-i-s-e dot com there's contact information there my email address is t-f-i-s-h-e-r at enterprise.com 
certainly if someone wants to reach out to me directly, that would be wonderful too. And a problem, I'd have to commit to memory everybody else's email address, and I don't have that off the tip of my tongue, but you visit our website and, and have a knowledge exchange where we exchange ideas about advanced, you know, emerging technologies. And, and so that, that kind of dovetails nicely with what we do. So that's how I suggest folks get in touch with us. Awesome, man. Well, you've been great, Todd. Enjoy the rest of your week, brother. Enjoy the, the beautiful wall fall weather we're going to get here in the next few weeks. And uh, I'll talk to you soon, all right? All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate the time. On one, one shout out real quick. I'd be very remiss not to do this. No one person makes us happy. Everybody that's ever worked for us is awesome. Oh, I love it, man. And you could not be more right. Sign of a good leader there. So thank you, Bonnie. I appreciate it, Todd. See you, man. All right. Take care.